Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Inside 10, 5, he's going in. Touchdown. Gunner Romney from 45 yards out. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. And by Kingarf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Tonight, the undefeated and 12th-ranked BYU Cougars back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium facing the Texas State Bobcats. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU radio studios just uh, up the road, maybe a very deep uh, football throw from Riley Nelson, uh, who joins me now from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the press box and the radio booth, former BYU quarterback and our radio analyst. Riley, BYU's back home after a very impressive win on the road at Houston the two middle quarters looked a bit sketchy, but BYU flexed its muscles down the stretch. Dax Milne was great. Zach Wilson was great. And the end result is BYU's 5-0 and for the first time since 2008 and now 12th in the country. Yeah, you started off by saying the undefeated BYU Cougars, and like, look, when you're one and like, that's kind of tongue in cheek when you're one and zero or two and zero. But being five and zero at this point in the season, that actually means something to say undefeated. And also the way that they're playing, you look across the schedule and it's like, man, there is not a game that they can't win. And then maybe even to be so optimistic as saying, there's not a game that they shouldn't win, right? So, yep. um, the it's great to be here and to see this team get to play again and perform so well as they did last week before the cougars face the bobcats let's get to the things that you need to know all right we mentioned it just a second ago byu moves up two spots they are now number 12 after beating houston and the national attention still on the byu cougars byu won 43 26 gets the better opponent victory that everybody was talking about finally got that win by the way houston looked pretty good today on the road at navy uh, they won handily over the Navy midshipmen. So that win for BYU looks even better after what Houston did today on the road. Uh, national media still on the BYU and the Zach Wilson hype train. And why wouldn't you be this team playing extremely well right now to the point? And, and this is one of those guys, Riley, that he is not going to give you any credit if he does not think that you have deserved it. Unless he, you're in the SEC. Unless you're in the SEC, which we know BYU is not and most of college football is not. But Paul Feinbaum even had BYU as his number four team to begin the week. That blew my mind that Paul Feinbaum, who is so difficult at giving compliments to teams outside the SEC, would have BYU as his fourth best team. Wilson is in most people's top five Heisman race right now, and he absolutely deserves to be there. Honestly, Riley, the national media right now is pushing what's considered the more lofty expectations than even the local media is right now. As a high of number four, a low of 21, BYU certainly has the attention of college football. And I think this team, these these guys who have grown up together now, they're in their third year together as a core, I think they 
honestly, normally you worry about this becoming a distraction, but I think these guys are thriving off it to a degree. I think they've matured together. They've, they know that they're the same dudes that everybody was doubting two years ago or two or three years ago or last year. They still remember those moments of when, you know, people, all the disappointment or frustration being, being expressed about them last year after those tough losses. And I think this national attention has been part of their val. They set out uh, in the offseason just themselves to come out and validate and prove to everybody that they've taken that step forward. And I think they're using all this national media attention to put fuel on that fire because I haven't seen the least bit of distraction or the least bit of letdown with all this love that they're getting. I absolutely agree. And and tonight's a perfect opportunity just to keep that rolling. You're facing a team in Texas State that is 1-5. BYU favored by just under 30 points tonight. It's the first ever meeting between these two schools. Just to kind of give you an idea of who Texas State is, they're from San Marcos, Texas, so if you're wondering where that's at in Texas, I had to look it up originally. It is in between Austin and San Antonio. It's about smack dab right in the middle of those two. The Bobcats right now scoring 28 points per game, giving up 31, so that's kind of a problem when you give up three more than you score. Uh, This is their fifth straight road game, Riley. That's one of the things I want to talk to their broadcaster about when he joins us in the next segment is how this team is handling it. Five straight road games, and I understand that you're not in a situation where you're traveling and you're on the road for an entire week, but, I mean, you've played multiple road games in a row. Five in a row, that has got to be difficult for any team. It's so... There's a recent trend in college football, and by the way, it's based in science, and it's it's really revolutionized, I think, a, a lot of the way that people approach the game, but recovery is more important than the actual training, or, or just equally so. It, it didn't used to be that way. It used to be out, you know, train hard and run yourself into the ground, and then eventually what you see is guys fall off over the course of the season because they never were given the appropriate time to recover. Whenever, that's what traveling does. Traveling, so... We've all been on an airplane, and you come off, and your ankles are a little bit swollen. You know, if you're traveling back from a road game in the middle of the night, you basically lose a whole night of sleep on that Saturday night. There's not to mention the fact that you have an extra day. That travel day is a day that otherwise could have been spent in the training room, getting treatment, working on getting your body right for that game day. All of those things um, are the things that are taken away from you in a road game and when you get five of those in a row it really starts to compound yeah. and it affects your body and your ability to go out and perform these guys are, are tough i will say despite their record they are a competitive group that doesn't quit um the the story of their season has been they haven't been able to really quite get out of their own way but yeah that the this being the fifth road game in a row for them is a, is a tall task, and especially against this BYU team who's played so well here in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, they've started two different quarterbacks, Brady McBride and Tyler Vitt. They have three running backs that they use, really a trio, one of which is Calvin Hill. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because he is the grandson of former Dallas Cowboy great Calvin Hill, who also, by the way, uh, Calvin is the son of Grant Hill. So uh, needless to say, he's got quite a bit of athleticism in his genes to say the very least. Uh, and the Bobcat defense has done a really nice job forcing turnovers. They've recovered recovered two fumbles, and they've intercepted four passes. So that's certainly something uh, to pay attention to tonight. And our final thing that uh, you need to know, we talked about it last week a lot because it was BYU's first game in front of fans, and that was at Houston. And obviously we saw after the win, a lot of those fans were BYU fans, and they thoroughly enjoyed that victory. Tonight, BYU is going to be able to have fans at home for the very first time. We knew that the original number of 6,000 was what we were planning on a couple of weeks ago. Ultimately, that didn't happen. That's the number of fans that will be allowed in the stadium tonight. BYU fans uh, made themselves heard last week, and I know they're excited 
for the opportunity to be able to be in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Family, friends, fans, the, the Rock, all there to be able to cheer on BYU in person. And Riley, before I get to uh, your thoughts on that, I want to make sure for those that may be traveling to the game tonight and you will be one of the 6,000 fans in attendance, want to make sure everybody is aware masks are required for tonight's game. If you're going to the game, you got to wear a mask. Uh, please sit in your assigned seats. You've all been given that information, so please make sure you sit where you're supposed to. Stay socially distanced. That's obviously a major uh, situation uh, that everybody's dealing with, so make sure you're doing that. And in terms of bags, no bags will be allowed in the stadium. The only bags that they will allow are for medical reasons and then diaper bags. So those are a couple of things if you're going to the game and you'll be one of the lucky 6,000 in attendance that you need to know before you head to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But, Riley, you experienced it last week. You know, from a broadcasting standpoint, people have heard the, 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 the piped-in stuff, some of the stuff that was taken from other games. Last week, it, you were able to get the real thing, and I think people really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's there. It doesn't compare. And last week they had the band. I don't. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they they are having a band tonight. They're telling me. Yeah, I thought I saw the buses for the band, but I don't see them setting up in the stands. The band is another thing. Like you didn't realize it before, but that's such a huge element of college football. Uh, and to have the fans and honestly. Uh, when uh, when they said, hey, not the first two weeks, and then it wasn't happening again for the third week, you saw how important it was for the players to have their family and friends out here supporting them. And as a former player, I can speak to that. It meant a lot to me to be able to share these moments with my family, at least from the fa- standpoint of them observing in the stands down here in Provo at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. So can't wait for tonight. Uh, there'll be more opportunities for fans to see the game, and hopefully that 6,000 continues to grow as we continue to manage this pandemic and, and uh, this experiment of getting it done in the stadium all right man coming up next we are going to get to know the foe as we talk with clint shields he is the play-by-play voice for the texas state bobcats we'll talk to him on the other side this is cougar pregame live presented by mountain america credit union on the new skin byu sports network This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. The 5-0 and 12th ranked BYU Cougars back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight, this time hosting the Bobcats of Texas State. It's time to get to know the foe. Happy to be joined by the Texas State play-by-play broadcaster. His name is Clint Shields. Clint, welcome to Provo. Thanks for joining uh, Cougar Pregame Live. We appreciate it. You betcha. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You know, it's good to uh, step out to a new place. Heard about uh, Provo and BYU football for a long, long time. Pleasure to uh, be able to get here and see this place. Well, hopefully the uh, the scenery in front of you does not distract you while you're trying to do your play-by-play. It is quite the impressive view, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. We've tried to get all that out of our system today as far as looking around, snapping pictures, and then getting in here and doing a little bit more of that while we were getting set up so that we can kind of concentrate on football. I don't know, the sun goes down, maybe we can't see it quite as well back there. Well, let me let me start out with this question. With so many new players on this roster this season, I mean, in the number, over 50 new players on the roster, through six games, are the coaches surprised to be 5-1, and one, or was this expected with the sheer number of new faces? I would say that they were, you know, optimistic as far as wins and losses go, going going into this season. And, and you're right, with so many new faces on the roster, 
you've got guys coming in. It's a mix of junior college and transfer guys, and they wanted to get more athletic off of last year. I think if you look at Jake Spavadal and his staff coming in last year, they kind of inherited a team. This is really kind of the first year of building a program of, of the team, the guys that he went out to bring in that kind of reflect what they want to do as a coaching staff. And I really felt like they could – or their feeling was – they could be in ball games and have a chance to win. If you look at the five losses, there's the, the Troy game played in the rain of uh, Hurricane Delta a couple of weeks ago. And quite frankly, the Bobcats just did not play well uh, in that ball game. It really kind of a step slow from the start. And I know we've all seen teams go out and have days like that. And it was a bad place and a bad day to, to have a day like that. SMU, the season opener, about a 24-point underdog. Lost by a touchdown in a, in a fourth-quarter ball game, and I think that was a big confidence boost. The next week, really two quarters of pretty bad football in the first half before they got it going against UTSA, a game that went to overtime after Texas State missed an extra point with just over a minute to play in the ball game. You know how crucial special teams is in, in a close game. And then they go to ULM and get a win. Then they go to Boston College where they're an 18-point dog and led that game for 59 minutes and 57 seconds before a, uh, a field goal took that one away. So it's a team that's been close. It's a team that's kind of battled through some injuries, and like everybody right now in 2020, battling through playing in a global pandemic. One week a guy is there, one week he's out, and he's not even sick. It's just you know, it comes down to contact tracing, et cetera. So it's been a player or two, a bounce or two that's, I think, the difference in one and five or even three and two. I think they're disappointed. I really felt like I feel like they felt like they could be on the upside of that three and two, not necessarily surprised at the uh, record, but felt like they had guys who could go win football games. It just hadn't gone their way yet. Clint, you've just detailed what I was going to ask you about, which is I've watched it. I mean, that SMU game, I think if it wasn't the first, it was one of the the first broadcasts. Yeah, Yeah, and then that UTSA game got a lot of people's attention as it was close the whole second half and went into overtime. So I got introduced, and then knowing that they were on BYU's schedule, I followed them. And If you've watched every game this season, you are so surprised at their 1-5 record because the ball just has not bounced their way. Now, I know that Spavadol and these players, they're not chalking that up to, you know, I use that expression, the ball bouncing their way. They're not just chalking chalking it up to bad luck i know they have things that they have to you know improve upon mm-hmm. what are those things to have to improve upon to turn the all of these close losses or what ifs into victories i think one of the key areas where they've got to continue to improve is along the lines that was one of the areas that they really went after just in an overall sense was making this team more athletic more physical i think they've done that on the back end in the secondary at the corners at the wide receivers i think the the, the two areas that really continue to need to come on are the lines offensive line it's kind it's a kind of a young team really offensive line you've got to continue to get bigger and physical there and on that defensive line if you look at the uh, bobcats defensive line in that boston college game for three quarters and some change they took a really big physical boston college offensive line didn't necessarily shove them around they kind of gaffed them around they were able to quickly get around them get into the backfield and cause some havoc and i think one of the thing areas that they really need to to grow as a team is that physicality on both sides of the line offensively to be able to kind of assert yourself running the football which they're better running the football this year than they were last year it was it was bad last year no other way to put it on the d-line you've got to be able to create some pressure get in the backfield and cause some havoc Talking with Clint Shields, he is the play-by-play man for the Texas State Bobcats. He's joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. After a career day last week, has Brady McBride solidified himself as the team's quarterback, or will Tyler Vitt still see time here and there? I know Coach Spavital, I mean, he's known for what he's been able to do with quarterbacks. Which one, which one is the guy? 
I really feel like Brady McBride is the guy. I think he fits into the system that offensive system that Jake Spavadol likes to run, and that's to have a quarterback that can be featured in the run game, can get outside the pocket, create some plays, or extend some plays with his feet, and then either make a run downfield or make a throw downfield. And Brady's very good at getting outside of the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield and ready to pull the trigger on a ball downfield. Now, it's it's one of those, you know, feast or famine type things. You throw a ball into a crowd and you're off balance. It looks great when it's caught by your guy and not so great when it's caught by the other guy. But you kind of have to learn to live with that. Tyler Vitz, a, a third-year guy here, he started all about – 14, 15 ball games in his career, including two, including the one win at Louisiana Monroe. He's a different style of quarterback, more of a pocket-type passer. He can run. He can be effective running, especially when it's a designed quarterback draw-type run. Not so much the scrambler that Brady McBride can be, but he can certainly be effective. I do think after we saw last week Brady McBride went all the way at quarterback, that would that would really be my guess as to what we'll see tonight. It'll it'll be McBride unless there's a reason in the ball game when Vitt has to come in. Clint, uh, this is most BYU fans' first exposure to Texas State. I uh, did a little bit of digging on the history, but I'd appreciate you know you giving the listeners out there a little bit of feel. I know they've been playing football for a hundred years. Very proud program. Couple of national championships mm-hmm. at the FCS level. Give the BYU fans a little bit of history on Texas State football. About 120 years of, uh, of football now down in San Marcos. Obviously, when you're playing you know less than 30 miles in the in the shadow of uh, the burnt orange of the University of Texas, you you can you can get overlooked a little bit. Almost 90 miles, you know, southwest of College Station, where Texas A&M lives. So you're playing in a pretty football-rich part of a football-rich state, being the state of Texas. A whole lot of athletes come out of there who play football. And you're right, national championships, 81-82 at the Division II level then, FCS now. Um, Deep runs in 05 uh, to the semis and again in 08. So a couple of really good football teams and then made the jump to FBS back in uh, 2011. And since then... It's been frustrating for fans. The wins haven't necessarily come. Competing, you know, when you look at it, realistically, are you competing with the University of Texas? Are you competing with Texas A&M? I don't necessarily know that you are, but you want to compete within your own conference. Be in the Sun Belt Conference now. They've been in the WAC for a short time, then been in the Sun Belt. You want to get at that level where you're competing for the uh, for the conference championship. The wins haven't necessarily come. It's a fan base that loves football simply because they're mostly Texans. Yeah, they were <laughs> Texas, born to Texas. Yeah, Texans exactly. love their football. That's, they want to win. I, I think they strip you of your residency if you don't. But, uh. <laughs> they, they certainly want to win. Like any fan base, they want to win now. I think some patience is really needed as this coaching staff and this team young, Jake Pavadol's second youngest head coach in FBS football with a very young team, a lot of new faces, even if they're junior transfers, they're young to Texas State. They're new to this program and still kind of trying to to, to find the way that they fit in. And I, and I think time will, will be the thing that proves Jake Spavadol the worth to Texas State. Clint, we appreciate you taking a few minutes and stopping by the broadcast booth. Uh, enjoy the evening and have a great call. Thank you. Will do. Thank you so much, and good to be with you guys. And, and like I said, get a chance to get here to Provo. Seen it uh, all my life, and uh, a real treat to get here tonight. Thank you very much, Clint. That's Clint Shields calling the games for the Texas State Bobcats. Coming up on the other side, my one-on-one with defensive back George Udo. It's coming up later in Shep Talk, but next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU and Texas State tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And Riley, I need to, uh, I need to correct myself on something. Uh, I yep. could have sworn I read this. And I could have sworn I read this in multiple places. Calvin Hill of Texas State is not the son of Grant Hill. Therefore, he is also not the grandson of Calvin Hill. Much like our presidential candidates, you know, Trump and Biden, you got fact-checked. It happens to the best of us yet. Look, Don't worry about yes, it. Yes, I, uh, I, so I apologize. We do not want to be uh, putting out the fake news. So I want to make sure that we I no correct myself. No fake news. I, I do not want. I, I want to make sure that we put that out there. Like I said, I, could, I would not have put that in there if, if I hadn't thought I read it. So, look, it's just uh, we're going to move on, but I wanted to make sure that I made that correction. So while you're there tonight and maybe maybe he has a nice play, you're like, hey, did you know he's Grand Hill's son? And then somebody's like, uh, no, he's not. We want to make sure that we clear that up right now. It's time for Cougar Cuts. How about we get to that, Riles? Uh, heading into this season, one area where most believed that the defense needed to make the biggest strides was getting pressure on the opposing quarterback. The Cougar defense has certainly done that. Last season, BYU had a total of 17 sacks. Through five games this year, they already have 16. Coach Satake discussed the factor why. A lot of variables that go into it. Personnel, experience, scheme, all that stuff goes into it. But I think you're looking at a team that that probably plays against people that are coming from behind and trying to throw the ball more. And so when they do that, we have to capitalize and make, uh, make sure we get sacks and get disruption and I'd like to see us get more turnovers. So uh, to me, uh, all that stuff goes kind of goes hand in hand, and all the variables combined is is the what you're probably seeing as a result of it. And Riley, it's easier said than done. We'll just go get more pressure on the quarterback. Obviously, they're scheming, and it, it's it's the players and making plays. There's a lot of things that go into it. BYU has certainly done a significantly better job this year than they did last year. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about uh, I, in the QB read. I'm going to talk a little bit about this, uh, how they actually changed the back end of the defense, the coverage style that they were playing, and that affected the pass rush. So Kalani mentioned in that clip how it is a multifaceted ecosystem of of moves between personnel and scheme and alignment, and even he mentioned you know just the score and time of the game that gives you those kind of opportunities. But it has definitely been something. Look, sacks outside of you know it, it's almost like the home run in in football it's something that fans love to see and i love to see it with this byu team one of the storylines for tonight's game as we talked about is the six thousand or so fans it will be in attendance at lavelle edwards stadium for the first time players like zane anderson looking forward to it when you don't have fans you kind of have to create your own energy as a team and on the sideline um and with fans it brings a little more energy and i think it's nice also just having our families there you know as a senior not being able to my family hasn't even seen me play yet this year um, in my whole senior season. And so um, you kind of take those things for granted, and it'll be nice to have them back in the stands. And, I mean, we felt it in Houston, I think. We had a lot of a lot of Cougar fans there, and it, it helped having them throughout the whole game, and they had our backs, and I think it created an edge for us as well. Finally, the BYU offense is the sixth-best offense in college football. They've shown that they're more than just a one-man show with playmakers all over the field, Riley. Mason Wake is one of those new stars, and he talked about why this offense is so good. We're a wide zone team that in the run game, and then passing, we could just do pretty much whatever we want. And having those weapons like Dax, Gunner, and all those other receivers, and especially having Zach and his leadership, we're just a very complex offense. And we can, I don't, I don't remember what Grimes said, but he said, like, we run few plays a million different ways. 
I love that. We can pretty much do whatever we want. And that's been accurate. BYU offensively, for the most part, all year, Riley's been able to do whatever they wanted. Yeah, and it seems at times when they've struggled or there's been a lull offensively, it has been self-inflicted, right? We saw that a little bit in the UTSA game with putting the ball on the ground. Uh, Houston, I would say that athletic, the, the front four of Houston was quite athletic and was giving the offensive line quite a bit of trouble to kind of sort it out there. And uh, I guess the run game eventually got going, but it never really was established like we saw in the previous four games. Uh, but regardless, they have been able to do whatever they wanted. It, I love to see the continued creativity and how they continue to, uh, like I said, he just mentioned it, Mason mentioned it, how you continue to expand the playbook, but not by expanding it by putting in new concepts and new schemes, but rather the window dressing and how you present that play to the defense, which can give you an advantage, and it keeps your execution high. If you're putting in brand-new plays every week, your execution is going to suffer, but if you can just find new creative ways to run that same play from a different window dressing or a different formation or motion or shift, then uh, you've really got something special going. Coming up next, I go one-on-one with George Udo in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Number 12, BYU and the Bobcats of Texas State tonight. Be from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in front of 6,000 very excited BYU fans. Cougars having the home fans in the stadium for the first time tonight certainly will add something to the environment for sure. Speaking of adding something, sophomore defensive back George Udo has been an important part of the BYU defense. Now, as a freshman, Udo played in eight games with one tackle. This season, George has played in all five games, started one, and has nine tackles, plus he intercepted a very big two-point conversion attempt by Houston last week. This week's Shep Talk is with sophomore defensive back George Udo. I want to know how much fun this season has been for you and your teammates. It's been a blast for fans to watch. What's this season been like to live through so far? I mean, it's been really great. You know, you know, when we have everybody on board, everybody on the same page, like, you know, we're, we're a pretty, we're a really good team, a really dangerous team to, you know, play against. And it's been really fun. Just, you know, everything, you know, after, right after the games, you know, we, we're all there dancing in the in the locker room, having fun, and you know it's just been crazy. The dancing has gotten a lot of attention, and and I, I would I would venture to say that most people probably think they're pretty good dancers. Who are the legitimate dancers in this football program? Oh, okay, I'd say I'd probably say Isaiah Heron and uh, D'Lo are probably the the best dancers on the team. That's 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 what I'd say. Okay, now are you not putting yourself on there because you think it would sound egotistical to put yourself in there, or do you not put yourself in that category? I mean, I say I can dance a little bit, but you know, Isaiah and then they're just there's way better than me. So there have been a lot of really good defensive performances throughout this season. I actually put though the fourth quarter against Houston as one of the best defensive performances you guys had the way you guys shut down Houston in that fourth quarter was brilliant what did you guys take away from that win we realized that you know pretty much you know our, that quarterback he was actually you know really good he was picking part of his own defenses so we decided so that we wanted to challenge him more and you know trust our guys to play man on man 
especially, you know, in the second half, you know, because like I said, he was, the quarterback was pretty good and, you know, he was picking apart his own. So we just decided to go man on man pretty much most of the second half. And that was working. And, you know, we threw in a little bit of zone just to keep them guessing. And it really, like, it really helped out a lot. And that, that was really, you know, it was really great for that. So how bad were you beating yourself up on not getting the sack on the blitz? Um, well, I was, I was actually pretty, I was pretty mad at myself, like at that moment right there, but I realized, you know, there's no, there's no time to beat up on myself. Like I gotta get ready for the next play. And, you know, the next time I get the opportunity, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, getting after it and getting that sack. Well, and to prove your point, you came back and you intercepted the two point conversion. So you was, yeah. was on to the next play, which I know coaches, they, they all talk about. What has the season meant to you on a personal level? Being able to to be on the field more and, and doing those kinds of things. What's it meant to you? Well, it's actually it's actually meant a lot because actually this since this year doesn't count, you know, next year I'm still gonna be a sophomore. And this year is just the year to, you know, get better, learn, gain more experience and just um, you know, everybody gets this year back. So it's better to take advantage of it than just, you know, take it for granted. For those that may not necessarily know a lot of your backstory, why don't you give everybody an idea of, of maybe where you grew up and your journey to BYU? How did you end up at BYU? So I grew up in Antioch, California, and I actually went to school in Walnut Creek, which is about 30 minutes from there. You know, I didn't really play football. Well, I played football my freshman year, but I didn't really, you know, take it serious because I was, I was mainly a basketball person, so... You know, I tried to focus on basketball and then I decided to get back into football my junior year. I just realized that, yeah, I'm, I'm built for this. So I just focused everything into football after that. And then my senior year came around and that's just when I really, you know, was playing really good. And pretty much after the season, my coach hopped, my coach actually called me, my head coach, James Hodges, he called me and he said, hey, uh, BYU's on the phone. I'm going to put you on a two-way call. And that's the moment that they offered me. And I was just, I was, you know, surprised because at that time I was committed to another school and then, you know, BYU came in and offered. And I was like, this is, this is a big program. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to commit after I go on my official visit and see how it is. And if I like it, you know, I want to go there. And the rest is history. And the yeah. BYU fans are happy to have you in Provo for sure. I wanted to ask you about the fans because obviously you guys got to experience fans for the first time last week uh, and now you're going to be able to get home fans this week in Provo what's that mean to you and your teammates it means a lot because we can you know all have our family there supporting us and this is you know it's really exciting for everybody on the team I know everybody's really excited to have their family there cheering them on what's the focus then this week you're getting ready to take on a, a Texas State team that's one in five you guys are heavy favorites how do you guys approach a matchup like this? Because you've had a couple of them so far this year. I just say that we just, everybody needs to do their jobs, alignment, assignment, technique, everybody getting to the ball, every single play and just thinking plays. That's just the game plan. That's how it's been every single week. And that's how it's going to continue to be. All right, George, let's wrap things up with the final four. Here are your personality questions. The first question is, if you could have a Zoom conversation with anyone, who would it be? And some people have asked for clarification. They do not have to be alive. They don't even have to be real. Does it have to be a specific person or can it just be like just any like higher up anywhere or? You can answer that however you would like. I'd have a Zoom conversation with, you know, any CEO of any 
you know, big organization or any of that, because I just want to know how they got there and what steps did they take to get there? How did, how are they so successful? And, you know, that's, that's what I talked to them about. You're, you're business oriented, aren't you? That, that's, yeah. that's important to you. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> what is your cheat day snack, meal, or dessert? I'd probably say that is Hershey's cooking cream, the, the little chocolate bars. Those are so good. So like whenever I whenever I eat candy or anything like that, it has to be that. Okay. So like if you go to the grocery store, the fact that it's right there by the checkout, you're probably gonna buy something. Yeah, if I if I see that by the checkout, I'm most most likely buying it. Hey, like, they, they don't call it an yes. impulse buy for nothing, George. All right. Yeah. Okay, what sport would you play if you didn't play football? And maybe you answered it earlier when you're talking about how big of a basketball guy you were. Yeah, I'd most likely be playing basketball if I didn't play football. But yeah. It's either that or I'd probably run in track. All right, last question. What makes the 2020 BYU football team special? I think it makes it special, like I said before, like we're, you know, we're all buying into what we need to do and we're all, to, we're all you know, playing together as a team. If, you know, if our offense isn't doing as well, the defense, we're over there encouraging them, telling them that we got them, we got their back. And it's the same thing with the offense and us. Like if we're giving up a lot of big plays, the offense is there in our ear cheering us on and telling us we got this. And, you know, that's I feel like that's something that's really special about this team. George, it's the first time you and I have talked. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes and uh, good luck against the Bobcats. Yeah, thank you. That was BYU defensive back George Udo this week's Shep Talk. One other quick reminder, if you're one of the lucky 6,000 or so that will be in attendance at Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight, just another reminder of some things you need to be aware of. Masks are required for tonight's game. So if you're going to the game, you do need to make sure you're wearing your mask. You've been given assigned seats. Please make sure to sit in your assigned seats. Stay socially distanced. We're all used to that now. And the only bags that will be allowed in Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight are for medical reasons and diaper bags. Beyond that, no bags will be allowed inside the stadium. Coming up next, it's our QB read with Riley. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Before we get to our QB read with Riley, let's pause 10 seconds. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, KUMT, Randolph, and KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. The BYU Cougars, 5-0, 12th ranked in the country, hosting the 1-5 Texas State Bobcats. Jason Shepard with you in our BYU Radio studios just down the road at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Riley Nelson joining me from the broadcast booth. And, Riley, it's that time. It's time for the QB read with Riley. What you bringing to the table today, my friend? Yeah, today's kind of going to be a little bit of uh, like a – a tutorial, maybe uh, some fans that maybe don't like the more academic side of the game. This might not be their cup of tea, but uh, I, it's something that, and George Udo mentioned it in the previous segment, and it's something that I think was a turning point in that Houston game, and that was BYU's switch on defense to playing man coverage. So I wanted to give a QB's perspective on what happens when you see man coverage. Uh, first of all, man coverage is not, that's that's one term that's used very broadly, uh, a bunch of different uh, types of coverage that you see on the back end. Uh, obviously, there's you know press man, which means you're up close on the guy. 
there's uh, off man which means that you're kind of shadowing him obviously you can play those those are two different ones like it's not always that press is in short yardage and it's not always that off is in is in long distances it has more to do with what kind of route concepts you expect from the offense and how disruptive that man can be there's bump and run coverage which is where you want to take away the easy passes but you don't want to get uh beat deep Deion sanders made that famously did it really uh, well and then there's um there's combo coverages where perhaps you're playing man on the outside or you're or you're manning up an inside slot receiver it all depends on again the strengths of the offense and then lastly there's what's called match style man defense which is like in basketball where you're switching every pick uh you're still playing man defense but you're passing receivers off to one another there's a bunch of different types that you do there BYU played mostly they played a little bit of combo where they just matched up the outside wide receivers but mostly played uh, all man they played off man there was not a lot of press uh, mostly because BYU's you, normally when you play press you got a big physical corner with good with good recovery speed BYU's corners are not necessarily big they're not small guys by any means but they're not uh, the big kind of guys that are going to win a lot of those hand fighting battles at the line of scrimmages o- overall the advantages to run for the defense to running man coverage are first and foremost, in my opinion, is it allows you to you normally in zone coverage you you don't there's five eligible wide receivers it's very rare that you play zone coverage with five defensive backs you normally need to commit a six just because you're covering a man is covering space and there's a lot of space on the back end of a defense to cover so you can commit an extra man to the pass rush and it allows you to run more stunts, run more games, and like I said just uh, disrupt that quarterback's timing. The second thing is uh, if you do play the type of man coverage where you're able to get your hands on a guy, and by the way, I'm am, I am a proponent, not necessarily that you got to jam him at the line of scrimmage, but we saw this in a couple of key plays, and I was glad that the re- referee crew last week um, kept their flags in their pockets. There, You should contact, if you're not playing press where you're contacting him at the line of scrimmage, you should good man coverage you should make contact with that wide receiver somewhere between five to eight yards down the field so that you can disrupt the timing of the route bad man coverage is where and very few guys can do this and do this effectively is where you're just simply shadowing a guy so the fact that you're bumping a wide receiver you're hopefully getting him off his route and you're doing it in a skilled way to where you're not getting penalized for pass interference it does it that way the second way that it disrupts the timing is the quarterback is not throwing into a window versus zone coverage if your your routes are timed up with your feet and you're taking a three and you're throwing into the window between the flat and the hook-to-curl defender. You're hitching and you're tr- trying to throw it between the corner and the safety. Man coverage is you are waiting for that guy to kind of break and and to determine whether or not you're going to throw him the ball. You can't really throw with anticipation, which makes it tough for quarterbacks who are used to throwing against the majority of, of zone. And then lastly, as we've seen all the best – DBs are notoriously, I don't think we have any uh, here on the BYU team. If they are, they're very silent about it. But DBs are notorious for running their mouth. It gives the defensive (laughs) back an opportunity to do a lot of talking to really, he's that guy in the rec league basketball that's just slapping the floor and right in your hip pocket from the opening tip, right? It gives the DB an opportunity to really get in that wide receiver's head and get him off his game. The disadvantages are one mistake, and it could be a touchdown. Um, A lot of times you're not able, you're maybe able to commit one safety to cover the whole back end of the field so it leaves you a little bit vulnerable for deeper plays and then of course if you get guys who are really athletic and are good at getting open versus man coverage it can lead to defensive holding penalties or pass interference but it was a game changer for BYU last week and uh, I know it's something that Kalani has talked
talked a lot about running. He's talked a lot about recruiting guys who can play it because to be able to have that option, not necessarily that you do it all yeah. the time, but to be able to have that option for BYU uh, makes them a complete, a much more complete defensive team. Yeah, it completely changed everything about that game defensively against Houston last week, and I, I agree with you. Having the ability to play it doesn't mean that that's what you run 100% of the time, but the ability to, to switch between that when you need it, I think, is important depending on what the situation is. And it, it's certainly something that, uh, that we saw BYU doing quite well with last week. All right, that's QB Reed with Riley. Want to make sure that uh, everybody is aware that Mountain America Credit Union has the opportunity to, is giving you the opportunity to reward yourself with my style checking, earn points toward travel, gift cards, events, and more details. You can get at macu.com slash mystyle. Membership is required based on eligibility. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, and it continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Number 12, BYU hosting Texas State tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. My name is Jason Shepard. Joining us now, joining and by us, I mean myself and Riley Nelson. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars. His name is Greg Rubel. Greg, I know you were excited last week to have fans in the stands, and that was on the road. I got to imagine you're pretty excited to see 6,000 or so BYU fans in the stands tonight. I am, Shep. And when you think about it, uh, there may not have even been that many BYU fans in the stands at Houston last week, but there were there were a good number of BYU fans. I'm just not I'm just not sure there were 6,000 of the 10,000 that were there cheering for BYU. But that said, those who were there made a substantial amount of noise and so if we can transfer that feel to this week and increase the number to a true 6,000 of BYU fans uh, you know maybe it'll maybe it'll sound just as good I know it's a difficult uh, task because the venue size is such that uh, uh, I think it'll be more spread out here tonight and people are being asked to stay in their assigned seats and so while the temptation might be there to, to move around and, and congregate, that's not what BYU wants happening tonight. And so uh, the fans will be spread around the venue, but we still hope that the noise they make will congregate, if you will. And uh, it still sounds good on the crowd, Mike, uh, for all those tuning in. What do we know personnel-wise? I know at the beginning of the week, Coach Satake had mentioned he expected most guys to be back, but nothing was guaranteed until game time. Well, we're getting close to it, and I know you've talked to him, and you'll hear uh, listeners will be able to hear the interview in its entirety coming up in about a half an hour. What do we know on that front? Yeah, Kalani will tell us that uh, Gunnar Romney and James Empey will not be playing uh, tonight, but that uh, Tristan Hodge is available tonight. And, and BYU likes the way the offensive line has looked the last few weeks on both the left and the right. So they may not be in such a hurry uh, to break up the Chandon Herring-Blake Freeland duo on the right side of the line. Of course, Tristan Hodge, when he started at Navy, was the right guard, right? So, But uh, Tristan is versatile enough and has been snapping at center this week. So um, you, when you see Tristan Hodge back, it may not be at his traditional right guard spot because he can snap and has been snapping at center. So left to right, Christensen, Barrington at left guard, or left tackle, left guard, 
and then left to right, Harrington at right guard, right tackle. Those are pretty set in stone right now. And so the variations have come at center with Joe Tukuafu replacing James Empey and now potentially Tristan Hodge uh, getting reps in place of Joe tonight. But Joe's also available to go, as is Keanu Saliaponga. Haven't talked a ton about Keanu, but uh, he is available. And so he, he would comprise that second string right now, which would be left to right. And again, there's some versatility here because Connor Pay can play guard, center, or tackle. So you could see Connor Pay uh, as a tackle, Kiefer Longson as a guard, center Joe, Joe Tukuafu as a center, uh, Keanu as a guard, and uh, Harris Lachance as a tackle on either left or right. So I really do think that one of the storylines of this season has been developed depth depth and developing depth on the O-line. And those are 10 guys I just mentioned without James Empey, who we know all about. So uh, that's been a real positive thing for BYU, knock on wood, that the guys who get back get to stay back, and that James Empey gets well. Uh, he played last week, maybe not at 100%, and wouldn't you know it, somebody lands on the injured ankle. Yeah. Uh, just what BYU did not need to have happen with that particular guy did happen, and so he sits out this week, as does Gunnar Romney. And, uh, you know, the coaches manage this thing uh, the best, they, best way they know how, but if you can get past tonight and next week without having to use James Empey and Gunnar Romney, uh, you know, that's that, that's what I'd like to see happen. But I'm just the broadcaster and a supporter here. And um, I, I just know that if, if, it's, if it's possible at all to get those guys as much rest and as much rehab to make them as, as close to good as new uh, for Boise State, you'd certainly want that to happen uh, because BYU is so deep in the places, uh, you know, replacing them. And that on that point, Shep, you know, what to do without Gunnar Romney? Well, we already saw that uh, Keanu Hill gets reps and you could, you know, Braden Cosper's already been getting reps, and Cody Epps and Chris Jackson can be in the mix as as as, as can Talmadge Gunther. But this could also be a situation where BYU doesn't say have to replace like with like. They don't have to say we're going to replace wide receiver with a wide receiver all the time. This can be a double tight, double wide situation. They might just play this thing tighter and, 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 and pound it a little more because Texas State's a team that I think BYU should expect to pound it against. Um, and and, and uh, Texas State plays a 3-3-5, so they're already situated uh, they're, they're, they're maybe not best situated to play a power team like BYU with a steady diet of now two and three running backs between Algier, Katoa, and Sione Finau, who we would expect or hope, Shep, to get his first snaps of the season tonight. He's ready to go, and uh, I, I, I think t- tonight might be the night for Sione. Greg, uh, Kairos Tonga missed the trip last week. He was sick. I assume he's back healthy and ready, chomping at the bit to get out here tonight. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because that's, that's kind of an obvious one uh, to, to, to hit because he didn't play last week. And, yes, Kairos is good to go. Uh, not good to go. Tyler Batty, Keenan Peely, uh, those are starters uh, on the defense. But, again, a lot of guys play on, on both the D-line and linebacking core. But you won't see those guys tonight. And we may have seen the last of Ben Bywater for the season, another depth linebacker for BYU could be out for the year. So those are some personnel notes of note uh, tonight uh, for BYU and Texas State Ship. Greg, beyond all of the impressive things that we focus on each week, you know, we talk about the individual stats and the team stats and the points, etc. Beyond all that, this year has just been a lot of fun to watch BYU football. Up to this point, what, what have you enjoyed most about this season so far? Well... I really do think the fact that uh, Zach Wilson's been able to have the kind of year he has through the, f- the halfway point. Uh, again, 10 scheduled games, we're at five. He's He's been able to you know recapture um, the vibe that he had at the end of his freshman season 
and and now with full health, really show his you know close to full capacities and capabilities as as a as a true gunslinging quarterback who can also break big plays with his feet. And we saw it again last week at Houston. He had, I think he had the two longest runs of the night for BYU last week uh, down in Houston, and that's who he is too. So uh, he's the complete package right now, and and all the attention he gets right now is is merited and earned. And uh, that's that, that's been so much so much rides on that guy being really good, and and he's been just that for BYU. So that, that's been one of the most encouraging things. The the O line depth I talked about a minute ago is another thing. So much is generated right there, and they they, they, they appear to be really well situated. Running back health has been big. Uh, the fact they haven't had yeah. uh, once the season got them, they haven't had to deal with the kind of things they've been hit with recently and then they get a guy back like Sione Finau and Miles Davis when he comes in has looked good as well so so much to like about this team and 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 things they wanted to address you know got addressed and 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 were improved upon uh the, the, the red zone scoring last year, which was such a grind for BYU. Well, now those touchdowns are just clicking along, and 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 uh, that's not a problem that 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 BYU has to address anymore. A lot of these things we've talked about are partially a function of schedule. They don't have to have that that murderer's row in September this year, and it does make a difference. I still think BYU was good enough and is good enough to have competed with anybody they played this year, old schedule or new schedule. But the new schedule being what it is, BYU's doing what it has to do, and ultimately, Shep. The thing I'm happiest about is this. It's the last week of October, and BYU is near the top ten and part of the national college football conversation. They're undefeated. There's thoughts, reasonable thoughts, about uh, postseason destinations heretofore not reached by BYU. And so all these things are just a lot of fun for the fan base and for us as broadcasters. Absolutely. Amen, brother, on that one. Greg, thank you so much. Great insight as always. Riley, we'll let you go as well. We'll hear both of you coming up in about 30 minutes. Thanks, Shep. There we go. That's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. You'll hear them on the broadcast coming up in just a bit. After a very quick 10-second timeout, we'll hit our our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Juergens. Cougar pregame live continues right after this, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The 5-0, 12th-ranked BYU Cougars back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight hosting the Bobcats of Texas State. Welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live. My name is Jason Shepard. Happy to be joined now by our sideline reporter, former BYU wide receiver. His name is Mitchell Jurgens, and he'll be roaming the sidelines tonight with fans at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Mitchell, how you doing, man? Doing well, Jason. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing really good. I, uh, I'm ready for another football game. You, you don't realize how much, you know, uh, how long a week is until, you know, you, you, you have to wait through the entire day on Saturday and then you finally get to do pregame, and you realize you're like two hours away, and you're just chomping at the bit for this game to finally get going. We're talking with Greg in the last segment. B- beyond all of the, beyond all of the, I don't know, unknowns about this year in general, and certainly unknowns about this year in sports. This year has been a lot of fun to be a fan and to cover BYU football. It's just been a fun season so far. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it, and despite, I mean, BYU's doing incredible, and they're making this experience so much fun to be a part of. Um, 
what's crazy is you kind of you go back, um, you know, at the start of the season, and just the fact that they were playing, whether they played well or not, it was, hey, we've got football, and this is fun. This is, you know, what we've been waiting for. And then to top it off, I mean, BYU is having a historic season. We're part of it. We're, I mean, I'm so excited for the fans to. Uh, to experience what we've we've been so you know fortunate to witness in person, um, and it, it's just yeah a crazy year, but capped off with just some fun BYU football that we'll remember for a long time. Yeah, and I, I want to start things off with you talking about Dax Milne because he's certainly been one of the things that's been fun to watch. He his performance last week at Houston was incredible: nine catches, 184 yards, three touchdowns, and now. After finding out that Gunnar Romney is not going to play tonight, you would certainly expect Dax to take on an even larger role than maybe we originally thought. He's already had a big role to begin with. What's been the key for him having the year he's having? Yeah, so um, first off, before I get to that, I I love Dax Milne. You know, something about an overlooked walk-on where I I just connect with this guy. Um, I I mean, the the things that he's doing, every time he catches a ball out there, I'm almost reminded... Uh, you know, I put myself in his shoes because I've been there before. You know, being a walk-on, being overlooked, and then getting this opportunity. Every single catch he makes, every time he steps on the field, you know, there's nothing but gratitude. And he has worked for every single you know highlight and moment that he's had thus far in this season. And and so I, I'm just so incredibly proud of Dax. Um, and, but. I mean, the guy's talented. I mean, you, you look at, you know, to answer your question, what has been, you know, helped him be so successful? Number one, his routes are so pure. They're so crisp. And, I mean, he's just a great route runner. Um, he creates a lot of separation. And, you know, he ri- reminds me a lot of, um, you know, I'm going to go to the NFL, Adam Thielen. Um, he's, he's a receiver that he's not the fastest. And I'm not saying Dax is slow by any means because he's not. He's a fast, but he's not 4-4 speed. And, I mean, neither is Adam Thielen, but the way that they create separation, I mean, you would think these guys can run a 4-3-4-4 just because of of the separation they create from those DBs. And that's all, I mean, when you look at a good receiver, you have to create that separation. It doesn't matter how fast you are. And that's what Dax is excelling at right now is just being a student of the game, recognizing where coverages are, how to beat man coverage, and, and then breaking off these routes so sharply. Um, he's just putting himself in every position to be successful, which is so cool to see. Uh, but number two, I mean, you know, Zach alluded to it last week after Dax's performance, but these guys are best friends. I mean, yeah. the chemistry between him and Zach is undeniable. And when you have that much trust between a quarterback and a receiver, um, it, it's just, it takes a look, right? They look... And, and they know the ball's coming, and, uh, I mean, the, the repetition that they've put in in practice, I mean, the, it's no secret why these why Dax is having the year that he's having with how much work he's put in by himself but also with Zach. After not running the ball well last week, and a lot of that had to do with just how, you know, focused the Houston defense was at stopping that, how much do you expect the offense to try and establish the run game like we'd seen in, other, uh, in previous games? And, you know, I, don't, I would assume that it probably will come naturally. I think BYU is going to be able to run the ball. But how much do you think they try and establish that just to get that going? 
Yeah, 100% this is going to be a focus. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be run heavy or dominant, like, you know, 75 to 25%. Um, it, there, it's going to be back to that balance attack, which is where BYU has thrived so far in the first four games of the season. Um, but you look at it, I mean, to be a successful football team, you have to be able to move the ball both on the ground and in the air. And, and we've seen that, you know, so far to be so prevalent with, you know, in the Kalani Satake era as um, I, I want to say, I think Greg has made mention of this before, but last week was the only week uh, that Kalani has won a football game where they've rushed for less than 100 yards. So you can't, you can't expect this, you know, to not run the ball well and then continue to win football games because that's just not the recipe for success. Um, so this is definitely going to be a focus of the game today is establish the run, um, get back on track to where BYU football is to move the ball both on the ground and through the air. And, and they've got a great opportunity to do so. I mean, they're uh, Texas State. They, they are... Um, they're not as big as, as Houston was, and so they're going to have a you know a matchup to be able to do that, um, and uh, you know we'll we'll see that balance attack today. All right, last question for you, and, and I want to ask you this: This was something that was discussed earlier in the week on BYU Sports Nation. I'm curious where you fall in this. BYU currently 12th in the AP poll, but some voters had the Cougars as high as number four and as low as number 21. So as of today, is BYU closer to four or 21 in your mind? That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm going it, to – it's a hard question to answer. So I'm let, let, say, me, let me tell you how yeah. I answered this. Okay, this go, is how I answered it. I said it. they were closer to four. And first of all, I think where they are is, is, is about right. I, I, th- I think that the, it's, this is where BYU should be right now, you know, give or take a spot. And, and, and I, maybe even more going a spot up than dropping a spot down. But I, I think at 12, I think that's pretty accurate. What I don't believe they are is 21st. Exactly. So that's why I'm going with four, because I think they're closer to four than they are to 21. They, they, they are not the 21st best team. They are far better than that. That's why I went with four. Exactly. And, and, you know, 12 is closer to four. And I think, just like you said, I think they're right where they need to be. And, and you look at, I mean, you look at the, the one-loss teams that are still ranked higher than them. Um, you've got Georgia, Texas A&M, Florida, and Miami. Um, I mean, you look at the matchups and the losses that they've had. Georgia and A&M both lost to Alabama. Um, Florida lost to A&M. And then Miami lost to Clemson. So, I mean, you're looking at four teams that have losses that are ranked ahead of them. You can't, I mean, you can't drop them below BYU right now just for strength of schedule. Now, those teams lose a couple more games and obviously, you know, and BYU continues to win like they are, um, you can expect BYU to jump those those rankings. But um, So I'm going to say, I'll agree with you, I'll say closer to four, but I, I think right now for um, you know how the season's gone and how everyone's doing in that AP top 25, kind of top 15 right now, they're right where they need to be. Um, and, I mean, that's exciting. We can't ask for more being 5-0, and ranked 12th in the country, have have two good matchups coming in here that you know you'd expect to win, and and then going into Boise potentially seven and zero. I mean this is this is a fun time to be a BYU Cougar for sure. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Boise State. I don't know if you've seen the updated score. It's twenty eight nothing in the third quarter over Utah State. That first half, Boise State looked pretty good. Now I don't know if that's yeah. because they looked really really good or Utah State just isn't isn't that good because Utah State has has really struggled. But that Boise State game, I mean, we knew it was going to be big. And the way the Broncos are playing right now, uh, they've done nothing to, to change my mind about the, uh, the extent of that game and what it could mean for both teams. 
Oh yeah, I mean th- this seeing them play this fires me up, right? This is this is what BYU wants. Have Boise State at their best, where people know the Boise State program that they've been for so many years. They're looking like that right now, especially in this first half. If they can replicate that another you know another week against Air Force next week, um, you're looking at BYU potentially. I mean, biggest game of the year for sure. Yep. And this is a huge statement game. You win against Boise State, and BYU is in all the talk they deserve to be. You know, at the top of the list, and and this is this is what we're waiting for. I love it. All right, Mitch, great stuff. We'll hear you on the broadcast with Greg and Riley. Have fun on the sidelines in uh, in front of the six thousand or so Cougar fans, man. Will do. Thanks, Jason. You bet. There's Mitchell Jurgens on the other side here from Texas State head coach Jake Spavital. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. BYU and Texas State tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Earlier in the week, I talked with the head coach of the Bobcats. His name is Jake Spavital, and I asked him how he looks at his team's 1-5 and five start. Yeah, that's that's been kind of a, a a tough question lately, you know, because this game is always based off of wins and losses, and and you you look at these kids in the eyes after every single loss, you know, and there's a lot of disappointment with it. But the strides that we've taken from year one to year two are noticeable, and that that's something that we've been taking pride in. And in terms of just are we making things more competitive? Are we playing hard? Are we being in the right positions to at least win a football game? And and we're doing that. I think we're we're preparing the right way. We're playing as hard as we possibly can, and we're, the effort is there. Um, what we got to do is clean up the little things and, the, and, and minimize our mistakes. You know, if you look at if you take away our Troy game, you look at about probably 10 to 15 plays where we can arguably say that we could be, you know, five and one or four and two. And uh, and, um, you know, that's at least showing me, you know, where we weren't very competitive in some of these games where we're at least starting to be competitive now. And uh, uh, that's something that, you know, we got to keep building off of. You know, we, we took this job. Uh, we flipped the roster after one year and put a, about 54 new kids, um, 29 new transfers. And, and we got to keep uh, learning and growing and maturing and getting that game experience because we're still a very young team. I got three more years with a lot of these guys after this year. And uh, and we this game time, uh, this this playing experience is very valuable for us. And we got to keep playing and and understand that if we keep doing the right things and preparing the right way and playing with the effort and start to minimize our mistakes, the ball's eventually going to start bouncing our way. You were an offensive guy. The team right now averaging about 28 points per game. You do have some exciting playmakers. What's the next step in the evolution of your offense? Yeah, like right now, offensively, our, our room for error is so small. you know, and, and that's where we've got to get to the point where we can overcome uh, negative plays or playing behind the chains. And and, you know, you go into the Troy game and and we we weren't very uh, efficient with anything that we did. And, you know, like uh, you're playing in elements and rain and we and we couldn't get it done because we were typically relying on the big play, you know, and and what what needed to happen with us is our efficiency needs to increase, you know, and that and that's really where we got. We got to be able to establish a run better. Uh, we got to be able to to win on the perimeter and in certain scenarios. But like that's kind of our next step is just making sure that we can be efficient in what we do and keep the ball in play 
where we don't have to, where we can easily overcome negative plays or just mistakes that occur. Because right now our room for error is so minimal. And, you know, when we do have mistakes, it's very tough to, to find our way out of it. So once we get to that point where we can be efficient and these kids uh, have no hesitation in what they're doing, that that's going to be the next thing for us where it's going to help everybody out when we can be able to run the ball and get the ball on the perimeter, you know, pretty evenly. Talking with Texas State head coach Jake Spavital here on Cougar Pregame Live. Coach, BYU comes in 5-0, and 12th in the country. How do you approach a matchup like this? Yeah, it, this is obviously a, 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 an extreme challenge for us. You know, uh, uh, the best team that we've played, you know, you talk to a lot of guys that have already played BYU. You know, like my mentor who I worked under, Dana Holgerson, played him last week at University of Houston. And Coach Trailer at, you know, UTEP, uh, I mean, at uh, UTSA that we talked to, you know, it's just – um, they understand that it's a, they, they're telling me, you know, exactly kind of what to expect. It's going to be a very physical game. Uh, you know, you're going to have to be very creative in what you do. You're going to have to try to confuse Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm a quarterback guy and I've had a four, I've been fortunate to coach a lot of great quarterbacks and a lot of NFL quarterbacks and Zach Wilson. I'm a huge fan of, like, I, I enjoy watching that guy play. Uh, he's going to play for, you know, a long time in the NFL, just just by how savvy he is, how he demands presence out there on the field, how calm and relaxed he is and just how he can get the ball to his playmakers. It's it's fun to watch. And and uh, we, we have to try to, to confuse him as much as we can, because uh, right now nothing's working, <laughs> you know, like uh, the previous five games. No one's really confused this kid. So we got to try to do some things that are pretty unique and creative and and uh, take chances. We have to. We, we can't sit there and line up and just do our normal stuff and expect a, a great outcome. We, we have to be creative. We have to cause confusion. And um, and we really have to manage the game. You know, like I have to do a good job on offense on just trying to 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 ball control and, and keep the ball out of his hands as best as possible. Don't know if you can do that or not, but, you know, that that's how you're going to have to beat this uh, BYU team because they're they're very fun to watch. They play well together. You know, um, and I don't see very many weaknesses across the board with these guys. So the the main thing I look at is I see how explosive they are, and they rattle 22 points off in the fourth quarter versus Houston. Uh, they're very explosive. So, you know, our mindset is we got to try to keep, keep uh, Zach Wilson off the field as much as we possibly can. Coach, let's stay with Zach Wilson. And to your point in terms of you've been around a lot of really good quarterbacks, what is Zach's most translatable NFL attribute? That's a pretty interesting question because, you know, you look at the style of quarterbacks, you know, like, and I'm a spread offensive guy and I've coached a lot of spread system guys, but like at BYU, he's getting a mixture of everything. You've got the pro styles type stuff. You've got the, the spread stuff. So he, what makes him valuable is he can do it all. You know, it's not like where everybody critiqued my quarterbacks going into the NFL draft of, you know, there he's a shotgun only, you know, it doesn't have that many quality reps under center. Will he handle the NFL offense, you know, because everything was really signal based. You get that here at BYU, as as you can see, they're so multiple, they can do anything. They're in 12 personnel, they're in 21 personnel, they're spread sets, they're, you know, 11 personnel, they're doing their play actions, they're doing, uh, they're naked and bootlegs. Um, you know, they've got a lot of variety of things. So what makes him valuable is, is that he can operate everything. He can do everything at a high level and, uh, and, is, and is, is very comfortable with it. It's not like, you know, he, there isn't anything where you're like, okay, if he's under center, if, if he's in shotgun or if he's rolling to his right, rolling to his left, you know, 
uh, you can you can kind of catch him off guard. The kid's very consistent with everything that he does, very multiple. And obviously, it's because um, you know the style of play that BYU has. You can you can do anything. You know, you can get under center and you can and you can get real heavy with it and you can spread it out. So I, that's what I would say is most impressive. Yeah, he has the intangibles. He can keep plays alive with his feet. He's got a very quick release. He's got a strong arm. Those are the obvious things. The things that I take pride in with my quarterbacks and what I see and what makes me a fan of him is he can do anything that that coordinator wants him to do when he goes out there on the field. What's the biggest key for you guys to come in here on on Saturday? What do you want to say to your guys before a game like this? We got nothing to lose. You know, there is zero pressure on us right now, you know, so let's go out there, have fun with it. Uh, and a national televised ESPN game at night in a beautiful setting uh, versus really a top 15 team. You know, so this is great exposure for our university, a great opportunity for us to compete with uh, some of the best in the country. So we got nothing to lose. So let's go take our shot at it. That was Texas State head coach Jake Spavital. Appreciate him taking a few minutes previewing the game tonight against BYU. One final segment. We'll come back and wrap up Cougar pregame live presented by Mountain America Credit Union right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Wrapping things up before we send you over to Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. Want to make sure we remind all of you that are going to the game tonight. If you're on your way to the game and will be one of the 6,000 or so in attendance, masks are required for tonight's game. You have been given assigned seats, so make sure you please sit in your assigned seats. Stay socially distant, and the only bags allowed in the stadium uh, are for medical reasons and diaper bags. Beyond those two situations, no bags will be allowed inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That's going to do it. Coming up next, the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah, as tonight BYU takes on Texas State with the top 15 Cougars looking to go 6-0 for the first time in 12 years. I am Greg Grubel with your play-by-play call tonight. I'm joined in the broadcast booth by the Sling and Scrambling Southpaw, the former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. And Riley, BYU passed a big test last week in Texas, uh, riding that furious finish to a 17-point win at Houston. The next chance to make real national noise comes in two weeks at Boise State. Between now and then, two games in which BYU will be a heavy favorite starting tonight with Texas State. But the last time BYU was favored to win by more than four touchdowns, as is the case tonight, the Cougars had to grind out that uh, narrow win over UTSA. Good reminder, I think, of the need to play you know, the, the proverbial complete game and not let up against an overmatched opponent. 
Yeah, and keep in mind that we all need to keep in mind that betting lines are created, you know, not necessarily by as a prediction of what's going to happen in the game, but rather they're playing off emotion and better sentiment, and they're just trying to make, you know, the sports books are trying to make money. So And they're set to motivate. Yes, exactly, yes. and they're yeah. set to motivate. But, um, no, I think, the, again, I was thinking all these ancillary, the media hype and the betting lines and all those things, I think this team, like, uses those as fuel a little bit um, to, to motivate them. And I honestly, I think they're, they want a little bit of revenge on the fact that they weren't able to cover. They weren't able to meet expectations, at least in the, in, in the sports books or the media's eyes against UTSA and are looking to come out here tonight to prove that, uh, sure enough, when you give them a spread that big, they can cover. Well, BYU will be down a couple of key offensive players tonight and a couple on defense as well. But uh, the Cougs do get back some important reinforcements in the trenches in particular. We'll hear from Kalani Sitake about that coming up next. This is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's pregame comments are coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming to you live from inside Lovell Edwards Stadium for the 11th and 12th ranked BYU Cougars home to Texas State. It's another first-time meeting for BYU, the second of two games against Sunbelt Conference teams in 2020. BYU previously beat Troy out of the Sun Belt here in Provo. It's the third straight game against teams from uh, Texas. Uh, BYU beat UTSA two weeks ago here for heading to and handling Houston on the road last week. BYU fans, this reminder now that when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. With a win tonight, pizza will be 50% off at papajohns.com using the online promo code BYU50. That's on Monday only. BYU 50 is the code, papajohns.com. This offer good at any Utah location. Well, it was the uh, Houston game, and in the Houston game, that uh, BYU lost Gunnar Romney to injury and offensive lineman James Empey to a re-injury. Those guys will not play tonight. For more on that and a preview of tonight's battle with the Bobcats, let's hear now from head coach Kalani Sitake, who is eager to see his guys carry over last week's fantastic finish with a strong start against Texas State. You know, giving credit to Houston and some of the things that they did, but I, I don't think there's uh, a lot of stuff, things that we did probably in the second and third quarter to, that, that we could really be excited about. But the fact that we finished the fourth quarter that strong, and I would say part of the third quarter, right? But um, the thing is, I think I felt like we started really fast, and defensively we struggled at the first, first drive but forced a field, a field goal. We had a 14-3 lead, and um, whether guys got comfortable or whatever the case may be, that's where um, Houston started to fight back, and then we had a kind of, you know, the the tables turned a little bit there, and and um, just glad our guys didn't have any panic, and they were able to keep sticking with it and playing ball, and and then I think you saw some of the panic go on the other side, right? And so um, that's a sign of experience and then veteran leadership and and coaches that that understand how that there's 60 minutes in the game. Now we will help ourselves a lot more if we play that style of football like we did in the end of the game and at the beginning of the game if we do that we'll have a lot of success and um the times that you you just can't have this inconsistencies and that's been the the big focus for our team this week and and trying to make sure that we can take care of all the little things and we do our best and now um you can't expect it to be perfect every every uh, i would say that last drive 
um, that long drive and on defense was one was a, a, uh, an example. We did a lot of things right, um, but you give Houston credit for making plays on that last drive. But there's a lot of things that could have could have swayed and turned our way. We just have to keep playing. The, I think the scheme, everything that we were doing, was correct. We weren't making plays, and the guys started to settle in a little bit more. And and then um, that same scheme, we're able to shut them out the rest of the way. And I think that if we have that type of mindset, stay focused, and and be aggressive as a team, I think we'll be okay. You were a heavy favorite in your last home game played here and ended up being a grind. Does that experience help your guys in getting ready for Texas State? I believe so. I think it helps everyone for, um, you know, when you're, when you're more than anything, it was not our best game. Uh, there are things that we weren't doing well and weren't being consistent with. And so my concern was that we saw a little bit of that in the Houston game. And so um, the fire and the, and the answer and the res- response was great. And we just got to build off of that. I'd like to see that fourth quarter every quarter and um, and just keep building on it. But I, I think it's a, you know, it's how game, the game of football is played. It, it just sometimes games are tight and, and sometimes things happen where you, you don't, you know, you're going to face some adversity. So far we've faced some adversity. There's games that we haven't had very little of it, but we faced it and we've been able to overcome it. And looking forward to, to making sure that we have that handled now if it ever hits. But uh, let's try our best to make sure that it doesn't show up. It's always going to be a one-game-at-a-time deal, and it's all Texas State mm-hmm. right now. Is there a sense that each game, the one-game-at-a-time, gets more and more meaningful for this team? Well, I think the, more, the biggest emphasis will be that everyone knows where we're at. I don't have to talk about it. They know that we're ranked. They know what's on, you know, what's on the table for us. They know what, what's, uh, where, where we're headed and things that, that are in the future. But we're focused on the now. And, and, um, but be, realistically, everybody knows what's happening, we're, which means that we're going to get everyone's best shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be one of those games where people aren't really going to uh, – we don't have to guess which team's going to show up. Texas State's best shot will be this, this Saturday, will be this, this game tonight, right? And, and that's what we're focused on. And we need to make sure that if we're you know, um, focused on – on uh, being our best because we know we're going to get they're going they're going to give us their best shot that our best shot needs to show up as well and, and early and if we can do that I think we have a really good chance of, of seeing a lot of good things happening for, going, going our way. Texas State has played some good teams tough. What are some key game plan elements for you guys against the Bobcats? Well, they're they're a team that has like you said they they played in some competitive football games and um, and it seems like they've been on the bad side of things. I think they're trying to sway their luck. And trying to make things happen for them, and that that usually happens in two ways: it's explosive plays for their offense, so we need to limit that and make sure that we uh, stay on top of it. Fundamental football and assignment style football, in defending, and then on offense and special teams is taking care of the football. Those those are the things that are going to be the most important. That probably will be the the biggest indicators of getting momentum for them, or getting momentum for us. And so we can focus on those things and. I think we've been really, really uh, good with the ball, taking care of the football for the most part. But um, uh, that's going to be the key. And, and, and if we can create that havoc and create some turnovers on defense, that's the, to me the turnover margin will, will be able to get the momentum going and be able to get, uh, you know, see if how things will go the way that they want, and whether we're going to face adversity or not as a team. A couple of personnel notes. Gunnar Romney and James Empey left last week's game at Houston. If you could update us on their situation. And then you were hoping to get Tristan Hodge back. And is this the week? 
Yes, uh, Tristan Hodge will be playing. He'll be starting tonight. And, and uh, uh, on the other side of things, we won't be having uh, Gunnar Romney or, or James Empey playing this game. Hopefully, they get him back next week. But um, they're, you know, they're they're looking good and improving. We just need to make sure that we have the, you know, the right guys on the field, meaning guys that are healthy, and we don't want to put them in harm's way. We know that for the first time this season, when you guys come out of the tunnel, you're going to have home fans in the stands for the first time. Yeah, really excited about it. And you know, with the limited number of fans, we know that there there are a lot of our loved ones and the players' families out there. And uh, I think a lot of our players are really excited to see the fans in Houston and. Um, it just Lavelle Edwards Stadium just looks so much better when there's the blue in there and cheering for us. Well, we hope they have a lot to cheer uh, tonight against Texas State. Kalani, good to be with you as always. Thanks for the conversation, and we'll talk to you post game. Thanks, Greg. Let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake leading us into the Homie Home Field Advantage, brought to you by Homie, who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back. And yes, the fans are in the stands here tonight. They're spread around this spacious venue, not in clumps, but in uh, in in, uh, in in groups of you know, families and uh, the, the the smaller groups that are socially distanced from the other groups, and everyone sitting in their assigned seats. And, and a reminder tonight that if you are Uh, ticketed for tonight's game and you are coming to the venue masks are required to be in attendance at tonight's game so please mask up when you come in the venue please sit in your assigned seats and only in your assigned seats please stay socially distanced and uh, again no bags will be allowed in the stadium the exception are medical uh, bags for medical reasons and diaper bags but uh, we hope that the number of fans in the stands can uh, uh, ideally and potentially increase with additional games this year and, and to make, help make that happen. We just need everybody to, uh, to be minding the protocols and doing as they're instructed tonight, and those are the main instructions of no. So thank you for adhering to those. All right, to the Homie Home Field Advantage. Homie's got your back, saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home. Call it your Homie Home Field Advantage. And the Cougars are on the cusp of a little Sitake-era history. With a win tonight, BYU would have a seventh straight home W and would set a new record win streak for home games under Coach Sitake. BYU's last eight-game home win streak came during the 2014 and 15 seasons, and the Cougars can match that mark next week if they take care of business here tonight. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And this is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And let us pause 10 seconds right now for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, KUMT, Randolph, and KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. And 
and good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, on a brisk Saturday night. As tonight, the 5-0 BYU Cougars host the 1-5 Bobcats of Texas State. BYU starting the second half of its abbreviated 2020 regular season schedule. We should say it's scheduled second half. There are currently 10 games on the schedule. This is game number 6 of 10. Will there be more to come? In the regular season, we shall see. Well, the Cougars are tracking down the top ten right now. BYU ranked 11th by the coaches, 12th by the AP coming into tonight's game already today. A top ten team has lost. That was Penn State playing its first game of the year. And this is the Cougar Kickoff Show brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Joining us upstairs, engineer Michael Wimmer, statistician Ralph Sokolowski, and spotter Jared Ivins. At field level it is former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reports from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our team in the BYU Radio Studios featuring host Jason Shepard, engineers Barry Squires and Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, and controlled op- control board operator Cole Wissinger, along with a broadcast intern Caleb Lemming tonight. Good to have you with us, and good to have you tuning in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship is KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are also heard on network affiliates in the Intermountain West and around the globe on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, plus the KSL apps, as well as on BYURadio.org and BYUcougars.com slash live radio. You can also hear broadcast archives and highlights on the BYU Football Podcast, so do subscribe to that. And you can get them also at BYURadio.org. Well, BYU went into last week's game at Houston needing to make an impression. And as impressive as BYU's start to the season had been, starting with that dominant performance at Navy, the Cougars had gone on to beat Troy, La Tech, and UTSA all at home. And the last of those teams, not very convincingly. So the game at Houston was a barometer game, and BYU did what it had to do. Beat a named team with a respected coach on the road and win going away without some key personnel pieces by the end of that game. Riley, if anyone had doubts, they were, for for the most part, resolved. These guys are for real. They most definitely are. And when your team is for real like this, you get to play these kind of scenario games. So SMU is currently playing Cincinnati. They didn't start off the game great. But you got SMU, who's sitting at 16, a few points behind. you got Cincinnati sitting at 9. So these guys kind of got BYU bookended. As you look outside the P5 conferences, again, we won't get into that. We all know that BYU's P5. They just don't happen to be a member of one of those conferences. But you start looking at comparative wins, right? And Texas State only lost to SMU by a touchdown. So, And you want SMU to win and beat Cincinnati because that would knock Cincinnati below you but you don't want them to win too impressively and they only beat this Texas State team by a touchdown you want to come out and beat them by three four touchdowns so when the rank so when the voters are looking at the comparative wins and the rankings you stay above both Cincy and SMU and start to separate your pack anyway though when your team comes out and performs like they did against Houston and passes all the tests that have been put in front of them so far this season you get to play those fun kind of ranking hypothetical games and uh, it's it's fun to be at that point in this season. Well, more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show is coming your way next after we tell you right now that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, 
Mountain America will donate $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame coverage of BYU and Texas State continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Number 11 and 12, BYU home to Texas State tonight. The Bobcats, the 86th different FBS program to face BYU and the last of 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas to take on the Cougars. Closer look now at the personnel situation on offense for BYU, where wide receiver Gunnar Romney is now sidelined with an injury the team hopes is healed in time. Uh, if not time for next week, uh, then in time for Boise State, certainly. James Empey came back last week and re-injured an ankle, so two big blows. But on the O-line, Tristan Hodge is back and available at least after four games away, and uh, he can play either guard or center tonight. Meantime, it'll be Dax Mill, Neil Pau, and then, well, a bunch of other guys potentially splitting up Gunnar Romney's targets at wide receiver, Riley, and chance for guys like Keanu Hill, Chris Jackson, maybe even Cody Epps to step up and make some plays tonight. Yeah, and these guys, I think we're going to get an opportunity to play regardless, but this means they're going to be able to play in more meaningful snaps and potentially you know when you get those end of the game minutes you're typically going against a second or a third string guy they're going to be able to go test their skills against first string guys one element that uh, and you mentioned this uh, earlier and when we were talking with Shep but perhaps they don't necessarily go wide receiver for wide receiver and I don't want to set these expectations on these guys but I have been so impressed with Isaac Rex and Cameron Wheat and their role in the downfield passing game both of them being redshirt freshmen so you have two tight ends that are showing a lot of promise that uh, you want to find ways to put on the field together at the same time or at least start working on some of those schemes and this is the part where I hesitate because these guys were all-time great tight end duo for BYU but call call your memories back to 2009 when you had Andrew George and Dennis Pitta who BYU ran a ton of four wide sets but actually had the majority of the time two tight ends on the field because Andrew George and Dennis Pitta were just so great at working in the middle of the field I wonder if we see a little bit of that personnel grouping here tonight as they try to work some chemistry with those young freshmen who have made some real important plays in the past game thus far. Yeah, very possible. If you don't have to be three wide all the time and you're getting it done with maybe a tighter formation or a heavier look or more ground productivity, then you know, you can go with that. Certainly BYU's got that kind of versatility. The great thing about it is when the defense is watching who's coming in and out of the huddle, if you can keep two tight ends in there always and line up either four wide or double tight, it makes it so hard on the defense to guess your personnel and allows you to be so much more versatile from an offensive standpoint. So it'd be interesting. They haven't, they've shown a little bit of it, mostly in run type sets, and they've kept them pretty close. I'd be interested to see if they give, you know, either Isaac or Cameron a shot in the slot. Yeah, Carter Wheat. Uh, or Carter, it, I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Uh, but uh, Carter Wheat, uh, Isaac Rex, and Mason Wake. Let's call Mason Wake a tight end for the purpose of our discussion. He's yeah. kind of a, a, an H-back. But yeah. either way, this was supposed to be Matt Bushman's year, right? And, and without Matt Bushman, they didn't just fold up the tent at tight end and say, well, you know, he's a special player. They've got, they've got, t- they've got touchdowns from Rex and Wheat and Wake so far. Kyle Griffiths has had a big play earlier in the season. Lane Lunt hasn't caught a ball yet, but they've used him on multiple personnel groupings. So uh, they have gone to their depth, and the depth has performed well in place of Matt Bushman, who no doubt is a huge loss for BYU to this night. Time now for tonight's 
Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And right now, no one is more comfortable passing the football than Zach Wilson. He leads the nation in completion percentage, second in pass efficiency and yards per attempt, and top 10 in yards per completion, passing yards per game, points responsible for per game, and total offense. He's got 132 pass attempts without an interception, sixth longest streak in BYU football history, and Riley the Buzz only got bigger after his first 400-yard passing day of his career eight days ago in Houston. So it is in all of our best. Here's a little bit of maybe... Coaches would never probably admit to this, but it is, it does, these are conversations that are happening in offensive staff rooms. Is you don't, this is a game where you could probably run out and Zach could, you know, throw for 180 and, and do that. But it's in everybody's best interest to keep this train rolling for Zach. It's in his, you know, you want him to be on all the national work. It speaks to you as a coach and your ability to develop and call plays and architect an offense around the guy. So the main goal for tonight for Zach is you got to get him his numbers. Like, you can't have Zach walk out of here with only 180 190, knowing that we're a late start and, most, and in most voters or most media's mind, this is a foregone conclusion. So you need him waking up tomorrow morning and looking at the box score and seeing another, you know, what Zach went. 16 for 19 for 260 and three touches. So tonight will all be about making sure you secure the win, which is, I mean, I don't want to get too presumptuous here, but in the course, you got to give Zach, you got to get Zach his numbers so that he can stay in the limelight, which he has deserved undoubtedly so far this season. All right, we'll have more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show right after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Texas State set for a kickoff at 825 Mountain Time. It's another Saturday night ESPN Spotlight game. Next week, same time, same network for BYU and Western Kentucky. The Cougars are in the mix among teams being talked about for a New Year's Six Bowl. It will take BYU going undefeated, certainly. But uh, of the five games remaining on the Cougars' schedule right now, BYU will be favored in at least four of them. Uh, The only question mark comes at Boise State in two weeks. And, well, the way the Broncos are playing tonight, they might just indeed carry that favored status. And no matter how BYU is playing in a couple of weeks, we'll see. Not a huge deal yet. But uh, after opening the scoring in each of the first three games, BYU has fallen behind to begin each of the last two games. Now, in both instances, the Cougars recovered from 3-0 deficits to score the next 14 points. So they're up 14-3 in both. And, of course, BYU won both games, albeit in different fashions. But, uh, Riley, over the last two games, we've seen quarters where things lag, uh, where things get away a little bit. And although penalties are usually not deal-breakers, we are seeing BYU take more and more penalties game by game. And infractions, well, they take you off schedule. Uh, Last week's nine penalties contributed to BYU going three for ten on third downs. And BYU's average third down distance was 9.9 yards. That's not tenable. Uh, The Cougars would do well to curtail a bit those mistakes that can make things difficult when it comes to down and distance. Greg, you just mentioned Boise and they're uh, here they are on their first game and the start that they've had to the season. Look, very few people go up there and win, let alone when they're playing 
uh, football that's riddled with penalties and riddled with turnovers, which are the two things that you just mentioned that have been the only things that have been able to stall this BYU offense. So let's let's get ahead of it, knowing that the game's in two weeks. Let's play tonight and next week as best we can, turnover-free football and penalty-free football. Now, I will say one thing about penalties. I think it has a little bit to do with the crew, but we have but we started off the game or we started off the season so clean. Sorry, BYU started off the season so clean uh, from a penalty standpoint to see it rear its ugly head I think has a little bit to do with the crew but something to do also with focus I'm excited to get them eliminated tonight next week rolling to Boise playing good clean crisp football that's going to give you the best chance for what's looking to be a great showdown and on the season BYU still among the least penalized teams nationally but the numbers are going up game to game turnovers is still where BYU's really outstanding they have only three giveaways through five games of teams which have played five games, no one has fewer turnovers than the three from BYU right now. All right, good stuff. That is Riley Nelson coming up. We'll head down to field level and hear from the third member of our stadium crew, Mitchell Jurgens, as the BYU store. Cougar kickoff show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar kickoff show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Texas State coming up shortly here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU playing for a sixth straight win to open the season and a seventh consecutive home victory. The last time BYU opened a year 6-0, it was with junior starting quarterback Max Hall in 2008. Now with junior starting quarterback Zach Wilson in 2020. BYU looking to get into November undefeated for the first time since 2001. Speaking of Max Hall and Zach Wilson, Ralph Sokolowski moments ago, Riley handing me this tidbit. Zach Wilson currently has six games in his BYU career with pass efficiency ratings of 200 or better. That is tied for first all-time already with Max Hall, Ty Detmer, and Steve Sarkeesian. So the next time Zach rings up a 200, he'll be by himself already. And who knows how much football he has left to play here at BYU, but uh, he's already putting himself in some pretty exclusive company. Yeah, what's crazy about that is he has done it in a flurry. Max Hall, I think, started more games at quarterback than anyone at BYU. And we know that Ty Detmer, obviously, is who I think Max passed for most games played. And then Sark had, you know, two full uninterrupted, well, two and some change of uninterrupted seasons here with BYU. The fact that Matt, that uh, Zach has racked up that many in, in uh you know, a half of a freshman season, a, an injury-riddled sophomore season, and then really in four of the first five this season is all the more impressive. He's well on his way. So, yeah, six career games of 200, and he's made 21 starts. All right, Max made 39 starts. Sark, uh, 26, so closer to Zach. And then Detmer made 40 starts. So uh, Zach is, is doing a lot very quickly during his BYU career. All right, to BYU 5-0, Texas State 1-5. As a result, BYU is expected to win this one in a route, but Texas State has played some good teams tough, no doubt about that. All right, five games into a 10-game schedule, at least regular season schedule that we know of. Uh, so we're at, the mid, we're at the midway mark. Time for some midterm report cards. Uh, Riley Nelson, first to you, and then down to Mitch for some uh, some midterms for the Cougs. What do you say? Only because I don't want to. I don't want to come off as a negative Nelly, but uh, I 
don't want these guys to get complacent either because, you know, they're all tuning in to the pregame down there in the locker room. I don't know. No, I'm joking. But, uh, no, listen, uh, obviously A's across the board, but I'm going to give a minus, and, and I'll give my thing for that. I, the only reason the offense gets a minus is because they left some points on the field against UTSA. So one of the five games that they've played, they just, I mean, they ended up obviously doing enough, and that game was never in doubt, but they probably left at least 14, maybe even more points on the field. The defense, the only reason why I'm giving them a, a minus is because every time Coach Sataki talks about the defense, he says he wants more turnovers. They've done a good, not great job in it, uh, and an A minus. Special teams, obviously, last year, I was so. Or last week I was riding high off the surprise onside kick and all that that meant in that game and the execution of it was flawless. Haven't missed a field goal, haven't missed a – well, Oldroyd hasn't missed an extra point. The punts been, game's been great. They only get a minus just because the uh, there's been a couple of – there's been a lack of big plays in the return game and there have been a couple of muffs. One ended up being a kick-catch interference. The other one was a turnover. But, uh, I mean, A's across the board. Those minuses are really more for motivation to keep these guys hungry. Mitchell Jurgens now in the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Mitch, how do you look at BYU at midterm? Yeah, Greg, I'm going to have to agree with Riley. I'm going with an overall perspective. So offense, defense, and special teams. Going to give the overall team an A-. minus. I mean, you look at uh, every phase of the game so far from an offensive standpoint. I mean, these guys are averaging over 43 points a game, 540 yards of offense. Um, they're a top 10 offense from scoring and also yards. And then you go to the defensive side and equally just as dominant. Um, once again, another top 10 team in points against and in yards. Um, and then you go to special teams. I mean, Riley said it. Jake Goldroyd has been on fire. He's been locked in. But Ryan Rico just doing some amazing things flipping field position which has put BYU in such great positions um, but there have been and, and, and the reason why I'm going to give them a minus here is there have been some inconsistencies from quarter to quarter we saw obviously you know BYU kind of fall asleep in the second and third quarter last week um, we didn't, didn't see the greatest performance against UTSA and then also the increase of penalties from the start of the season there are definitely some things that BYU can improve on um, and so that's where the minus comes in but overall a perfect start at 5-0 and for the, from a record standpoint. Excited to see what they're going to do today. Good stuff, Mitch. Thank you. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kickoff. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.